Hi, this is Tiffany Bova. Welcome to the What's Next podcast, where I am super excited to have Adam Zaitsev join us today on the show. He is the president and CEO of Gold's Gym. He previously served as the company's CIO and SVP of brand innovation from 2016 to 2018. And then he was enticed back to lead the evolution and global resurgence of Gold's Gym in early 2019. I couldn't be more thrilled to have you, Adam, on the show today because I'm a huge Gold's Gym fan. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Tiffany. Really excited to be here and be part of this. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll give a little story. So I was getting ready for uh, getting ready for Dreamforce. And a friend of mine said, hey, let's let's go work out. And I said, well, if we're going to go to the mega of, of trade shows, uh, a la Dreamforce, we need to go to the mega of gyms. So pulled up to Venice Golds, you know, to just get inspired by, you know, the cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger right in front. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, and then I tweeted it out and Adam and I became uh, friends and here you are on the show. So thank you for making some time for us. No, my pleasure. I love engaging with folks who check into our gyms all around the world and I've made new friends in new places I never thought I, I would have because they checked into Golds or they made a comment about a great workout they had there. And I love to engage with members. And, and sometimes it, it turns into a podcast and something exciting like that. So I appreciate it. Oh, well, excellent. All right. Well, we're going to get this started. Um, I do something called bullish and bearish, which is nothing too painful. Bullish is you're for it. Bearish is you are against it. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's something you want to riff on behind that, we'll, we'll pick it up after. So are you ready? Yes, ma'am. All right. So the first one, bullish or bearish, uh, journaling to capture takeaways each day. I'm definitely bullish on that. I actually do that. I do some quick journaling and taking some notes, uh, throughout the week on things that I learned or found or just ideas. And I actually, I actually turn those into uh, something I do every Sunday on an email to my team. So I'm certainly bullish on that. I think it helps remember things and, and keep, me, uh, keep me aligned to what worked and didn't work throughout the week. That's a great practice, too. Great, great idea. All right. The next one, uh, bullish or bearish? I know I'm going to – this is pretty easy. But working out to relieve stress. Oh, I'm double bullish on that one. <laughs> so for me, uh, as someone who does a lot of traveling, who enjoys a good meal, who um, is out there and certainly in the stressful role, I'm a, I'm a wake up at 440, much to my wife's dismay, actually, every day. And I probably get five or six days, at least a week of working out in at that time, maybe a little later on the weekends, but I'm, I'm bullish. It relieves stress. It totally gets me uh, in a good place for the day. And, and on the rare days where we all take days off from working out, of course, I just don't feel like I do after I worked out. So certainly very bullish on that. Wow. And that time of day is admirable. That time of day is admirable. It takes such dedication. Right. All right. So the third one is a fun one. Uh, so robots as trainers. Bullish or bearish? No, I'm definitely bearish on that. I think that in the fitness industry, as in the healthcare industry, it's the ultimate people business. And I think you cannot replace that relationship, that sense of community, that sense of my trainer gets me. They understand what I'm going through. They know a little bit about me personally and <clears throat> love robots, love what they can do for us. But I don't think they belong on the floor training people. Well, fair enough. You know, I, I you know, I think they... It is the, um, if you look at them, you know, they, they almost just look like the perfect muscle, right? The, <laughs> the way that they're building them is almost like your, your cutout, you know, your logo. So it's, it's uh, I, th I thought that that was a, that was a good one. Well, let's, let's jump right into it because um, 
you know, I have a, a good affinity with Gold's, but not many people, they might see it on the street corner, but, you know, Gold's has a long history in this business and, and really being just an icon in the industry. Maybe you can give our listeners just the quick kind of history of how Gold's got to 2019. Yeah, I mean, you know, so as, as most people know, Gold's, uh, if you don't know, Gold started in 1965 uh, by a gentleman named Joe Gold on Venice Beach. He started his first gym there. The original building, although not the same as our Mecca now, but it still stands. It's still there. It's got some of the old signage on the back. And, and he was someone who was innovative in his own way. And, you know, back in 1965, you couldn't just pop in and visit some of my friends at Precore or Matrix or Free Motion or, or anyone else for that matter. You had to make a lot of your own equipment because it didn't really exist. And so he was very innovative, made all his own equipment for the first gym, the benches, got the weights, um, and really just became a place that people could rely on for something as it related to fitness, right? And and and, and soon became you know, quite popular. And then really what happened is he became the place where people could go who were in the bodybuilding scene back then in the 60s and early 70s. And that's what we became famous for in that time. And we became famous for making people strong for bodybuilding, helping them define what they wanted to do, reach their goals. And that's what Joe Gold and his team did really well. And that's where Arnold found Gold's Gym and, and things of that nature. And the kind of the history uh, is there. And, and it really took off when when um, Arnold's movie came out um, in, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, um, about how he, about his background and what he did and and how he became who he became. And it was all featured with Gold's Gym. And and, and that really helped us you know, kind of catapult us into, you know, global stardom, if you will. And that's where we started to grow from there. And now you have, I think it's like 3 million people daily and 700 locations in 26 or 23 different countries on six continents. So it isn't just a, a little kind of mom and pop gym anymore. No, no, it really grew. It grew originally through licensing in the early 80s um, after, uh, you know, we started to get that recognition. Uh, and then it kind of grew from there into a franchise model. Uh, we opened our first uh, international clubs. Uh, Canada was the first one outside the U.S. in the 90s. And then it really grew from there, and and you know we start we ventured uh, in into Europe and, and Japan uh, shortly after that, and now we are just everywhere. I mean, we have by the time the Olympics comes next year, we'll have over a hundred gyms in Japan, one hundred and forty something in India. We've got you know close to eighty or ninety throughout the Middle East, um, and we're just growing domestically. We're starting to have a resurgence and and working on that. But yeah, we really have grown, and and we're trying to get ourselves to where we can be. Um, we're at about 700, as you said, and the goal is, you know, in the next couple of years to be at over a thousand gyms and continuing to grow our brand and, and build on our history. Well, I think what's interesting about the, the gold story, you know, there's many, but one thing I, I find fascinating too, is that, you know, it's been in an industry, it is in an industry that has had all kinds of fads, like workout fads, aren't, there is no shortage. It's kind of like diet sure, fads, sure. right? And, you know, gold's has stayed fairly true to its core. You know, you may have classes that might be a spin class or a yoga class, mm -hmm. or whatever, but the bulk of what people go to Gold's for, um, I'm making a huge assumption here because I don't know all the franchises. I've seen your larger footprints, uh, you know, it is really working out with weights. And so how, how, how do you think you can navigate fads, you know, because it's kind of like the shiny thing in the corner and people sometimes get distracted and start to chase it versus really staying true to who they are? Yeah, you know, you bring up a really good point. I think one of the things I want to start by saying is now for 55 years, one thing we're very proud of is that Gold's Gym is known for making you strong. 
And back in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, it was making people strong for bodybuilding. And moving forward into the 90s, 2000s, and today, now it's just about making you strong for life. And that's what we like to think, and we know that Gold's Gym is known for. If you want to go somewhere and you want to see results, and you want to get results because you want to get stronger for your kids, or you want to get stronger to live longer because you're a grandma or grandfather, and you want to run around the backyard with the kids, whatever you want to be strong for, that's what we want Gold's Gym to be known for. And that's what it really is known for, is a place that I can get results because they've been doing this for so long. They've been getting people results for different reasons for so long. They can get me results so that I can play with my kids in the backyard and not be winded or have one kid in one arm, six grocery bags on the other, and still make it inside. And if that's what I want to be strong for, then Gold's Gym will get me there. So I think we've always tried to stick to that mantra and help you get strong for whatever life brings you and whatever you need to be strong for in life. But at the same time, you if you don't innovate, you die. And that's one of the things I've always said in my CIO roles and other CEO roles. And you still have to innovate. And you have to look at the fads and make some decisions and say, and all these new things and come out and say, what, what, what what's going to stick? What's going to give longevity? What's going to tie to our core model for making people strong for whatever they want to be strong for? And we and we have and, and and we've evolved as a brand. Certainly, you walk into Gold's Gym and there's plenty of strength equipment, you know, weights, machines, things of that nature. There are plenty of classes that will get you strong. There's tons of cardio equipment, of course. Uh, but we've innovated. We have studio offerings within many of our clubs. So if you really want to go in and get strong and do some free weights and, and and do some cardio, that's great. But if you also want to do some, you know, functional training classes or heart rate training classes or spin, as you alluded to, we certainly have those things. Uh, they don't become the forefront of our business. They become something you can also do inside our clubs, which just adds more value and adds more value to uh, the consumer and, and of the brand in their eyes. Well, you've also expanded as well, you know, taking the brand digitally, right? Because it is a destination. You have to go to Gold's to work out, right? Sure. And so, you know, sort of bringing the that experience, um, you know, and that customer experience. And I'd almost call it a fan experience, right? Because I think you're one of those brands where uh, people will get tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's an iconic brand yeah. if someone has the Gold's logo tattooed on their body. Um but it's kind of raving fans, right? And and so you want to make sure you digitally connect to them. And I know that you launched, uh, I, I think it was as you were the CIO, you launched right. uh, an app for Golds as well. Right. Um, what, what made you think that that's where you needed to take it? Well, it's funny. You mentioned that, you know, we are an iconic brand. And for me, it's just to, before I answer your question directly, it's always funny to see that, you know, I'll be in different countries on business, traveling and, and places where we don't even have clubs. And I'll walk by someone with a a Gold's Gym t-shirt. And it's not one that I gave them. So I know that it's legitimate. And so I, it's funny to see, we just have that recognition. You know, when they talk about gyms in the movies and they always mention Gold's Gym, if someone's knocking off a gym uh, on commercials, they always make it something like a Gold's Gym. So we do have that iconic brand and it's great to see. But one thing we didn't want to see happen was, um, and, I, and I hate to relate it to a, a known company, but we, don't, we didn't want to see what ha- Netflix did the blockbuster happen to us. Right. And so we knew we had to innovate and we had to say, look, we also agree that the gym business is the ultimate people business, as I alluded to earlier during during bullish or bearish. Um, But it also is be silly for us to think that we just can avoid bringing digital into the fold within Gold's Gym, thinking both for inside of our four walls and outside of our four walls. So, yes, in in, in late 2016, early 2017, we created Gold's Amp. Gold's Amp is a great product because it will help you in both places. And it's a combination of Gold's Gym trainers. And these are all Gold's Gym trainers. These are not voices we find on the street to come in. These are all people that you will bump into in our gyms. 
Um, and they come in and they actually, we curate the workouts, we write them. We've got over a dozen modalities and growing now. We've got over 500 workouts in the app. And if you walk into the gym, and unfortunately, a lot of people do this, they pull the iPad out, they stick it up, they pull up the next episode in Cheers or in Friends that they're binge watching, and they just sit there and they go at a three incline and a five resistance, and they just go for 40 minutes and they think they got a good workout in. And I'm not knocking them, but that's also not going to give you the best results. So now Gold's Amp can be part of your experience in the gym, on the treadmill, on the elliptical, doing a bodyweight workout on the bike, whatever you want. But to your point, it can also help you outside the gym. And if you're going to exercise outside the gym while you're traveling or you just can't get out of the house today because the kids are homesick and you've got to do a workout in, who best to help you than the iconic industry leader in fitness? And why not have a Gold's Gym trainer in your pocket? So we're really proud of that. We tied music into it, too. It's really great. You've got over 40 genres of music. So you can go in and say, I'm in a country music mode today, which in Dallas happens a lot, um, or I'm in a hard rock mode or a pop mode. And you can do the same workout. Two days in a row, if you really want to, the same one, but to different music, and it feels totally different. So it's a really great app. We see a lot of engagement in our clubs. We're starting to see more engagement outside of our clubs, people who live in places where we don't have gyms, and we're getting there. But for us, it's a great tool that ties the brick-and-mortar gym experience to the digital fitness experience and helps them both be even better. And I think that that's the key message, right, that it has to extend the brand so that the brand stays engaged with the customer even when they're not in your four walls, That's right. right? An excuse to, you know, you're in a hotel room, you're, you're, you're in a city that doesn't have a golds, you know, but you're in a, uh, a hotel that has a gym downstairs where you could, you know, still have a golds like experience with, with the, uh, with the app. And I think done well, it's a great way um, to stay engaged. And the second thing you did beyond that was the gym box, which I found, uh, interesting as well. You know, I think that the monthly subscription, which mm -hmm. gyms are obviously <laughs> kind of yeah. one of the founders of that entire concept, right? It's like, sure. sometimes, you know, you, sometimes you pay it and you don't go, but you still pay it, right? right. So because one day you're going to go. Right. Um, but uh, then you did the gym box, which was really, why don't you, why don't you uh, share what that, what that was? Yeah. I mean, we just announced that recently and we've got um, a partnership because we, you know, we have a unique business other gyms because our brand is so iconic because we've been around for so long you know we are an operator of clubs you know as a, as, a, as, a, as a company we operate 130 health clubs ourselves we're also a franchisor of the business and the model and the system and the processes and the brand but we're also a licensor because the brand is so well known and you can buy uh, small exercise equipment large exercise equipment supplements i mean you name it clothing with our brand on it because of its iconic nature so we partnered and and, and working with a company to have this kind of subscription box and i think it's a quarterly subscription that you can we can start to tie into um and it's kind of neat because you can go in and get different products that are some branded gold some not but they're all that help you in the gym uh, and it's just another way to extend our brand into the consumer for different reasons, for different needs, and kind of get that omni-channel approach to, hey, if anything you want to think about as it relates to fitness, whether it's in the club, digital subscription, physical subscription for products and services, we want you to think about Gold's Gym. And and even, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things, right? So, you know, extending beyond the four walls from a digital standpoint, right? The second is kind of staying front and center for the ancillary products that surround your brand, right in the mm -hmm. in the gym box, and then the third I thought was interesting as well is the the partnerships that you've established because um, I think people underestimate the power of partnerships even with 
brands that might kind of just very touch on the edges, on the fringes of what you may do as well. And I think one of them was uh, was Fitbit mm-hmm. um, and Golds. And so, so talk a little bit about that one. Yeah, that was a really cool one for us, and it was it was great because they came to us and said, "Hey." We love what you're doing with AMP. We want to find ways to get people more engaged with digital fitness using our wearables. And so what we did is we created some light versions of our AMP workouts that sit right on some of their you know, most popular smartwatches. And it's free and you can go in there and just put it on there. And it allows you to do a very, very you know, small number, six or eight or 10 workouts. Um, it doesn't have any sound. It just guides you through, tells you what to do. Uh, and it really gives you a taste of what a guided workout can look like from an iconic brand like ours, integrated right to your smartwatch. And so, and, and what it's designed to do is not only give you a taste of that, of course, add more value to what Fitbit's doing with their wearables, but also to get people to realize, hey, this is great. Love these workouts. Let me go find the full version of AMP. Let me try it. And you know what? Maybe I can then subscribe to that. I love the music. I love the workouts. I love doing it with my Fitbit on. Um, so it was a really good win-win for us. They have a great brand. As you know, they were just acquired by Google. Um, and they're out there, and they've got a, a, a number two player in the space and growing. And so for us, it was a great way to get some share of voice for our brand. It was a great way to tie into the tens of millions of people who have their wearables and to get some eyes open to what we can do for them uh, with, with the version of AMP that uh, they can look for. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot a little bit because um, there's, there was some, an article I read uh, the other day about sort of these industries that are going to be fueled by millennials that are getting, you know, they now have discretionary spend. And number mm-hmm. two was fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprising uh, to me anyway. Um, sure. But but thinking, you know, across the fact that, you know, you mentioned, you know, you've sort of been around for so long. In, in many cases, you've kind of grown up with multiple generations have grown up with your brand. Right. And so how do you remain... You know, people that are listening are like, well, you know, I don't have an iconic brand potentially like Mm -hmm. Gold's. Like when someone says Gold's, pretty much any, even if you've never been there, you have some idea of what it is. Right. Uh, You know, how do you remain relevant to those customers that you have? And I think some of the things we've been talking about is one of them. But how do you attract sort of new? Because, you know, you, it is a recurring revenue. It is something that they have to you know, decide that I'm going to spend if my discretionary number is $100 a month, whatever it is, and that's going to go towards all my OTT products, right? All my streaming music Mm -hmm. and the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how do you attract the sort of next generation that's going to come in, come into the establishment? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And I think they, you know, this next generation, I mean, uh, now it's millennials, it's Gen Z's and all, everyone, everything we talk about, I think they have the benefit of, of having so much more opportunity in front of them and so many more options. And think of what didn't exist in fitness a decade ago and what does now. So there's, A, there's so much more in front of them. B, they like choice. And C, what we found in our research is that they'll actually pay a little more if they feel like they're getting a more personalized or at least more attention and they're part of some sort of sense of community and relationship with whatever service they have, whether it's fitness, consumables, food, whatever it may be. And so for us, I think it's important for the, how do you introduce them to our brand and how do you get them to stick with us and to spend that 30 or so bucks a month and uh, maybe a few dollars more if they want, you know, the, the streaming services or they want some food or whatever it is in the club or drinks. But I think the most important thing is you've got to build a relationship in some way, shape or form with these folks. And these folks want to build a relationship both in, in the personal way, but also in the digital way. Right. And, and making sure that you are engaging with your members. And we 
we look at, um, you know, we look at this business and say, you know, if you're just a sales business, you know, and, and you're just focusing on sell, 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 then of course, every customer you have is at risk. We say it all the time. We talk about it in our exec meetings, talk about it with our CMO all the time. And, and, and we need to make sure that we're not just in that focus, but we're in that member retention and engagement uh, and building relationships with them. So I think those folks, we come in, we engage with them. Every new member goes on a journey, right? We use tools like Salesforce and the marketing cloud and a few other things to get people on journeys. And we're, we're communicating with them. We're talking with them. And it's not just digital. You know, our team has a strict regimented process where they're reaching out on the phone. They're talking to them. Their job is to see the people in the club and say hi to X members every day. And we always say people will quit a gym, but they won't quit a community. And people will quit a gym, but they won't necessarily quit something where they feel like they have a relationship with. And so that's really how we're focusing on it. You know, yes, are we a gym? Do we have treadmills? Do we have weights? Sure. But do we have things that a lot of other gyms don't have, like expertise and history and the ability to have proven results for people and get them strong for what they're looking for in life? Yes. And building the relationship with these folks and staying engaged with them and making them feel like they're just part of something a little more special we're finding is bringing success and is something that we're engaged on and, and, and you know, we're, we're pretty bullish about for the future. What have you learned through that exercise? Like, you know, going into it as a CIO, right? So you went into it as that, look, I need to, I need to invest in technology so we can do all the things you just talked about. And then you left for a moment, right? And now you're back as a CEO, but right. thinking about those two bookends, what did you think going in, you know, five, six, seven years ago, that you were surprised that either didn't work or did work better than you expected it to uh, on this particular topic of sort of getting people in the door, right? Act, getting them on board, activating them, getting them to use it and then extending it further, right? Getting them to use the app and getting them to get the box and, you know, cut it because you've got all these other things. You don't want it just to be $35 a month. You want it to be $70 a month, but you actually want them to get value right out of using it. So that, like you said, they right. don't leave because it's, great. They're willing to spend more money because it's greater than the service they're getting in their mind. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one because there's a lot of lessons learned. And I think you, you know, you kind of go through it. I think one of the things we learned is whatever we do to engage these people, to get them in and to keep them in. Um, one of the things we've learned is you've got to be not afraid to try something for a little bit. You know, if you feel like you're 70% there, let's try it. Let's try this type of journey. Let's try this type of product. Let's do this inside of AMP. And let's just get a test and a feel for it and see what it works instead of worrying about perfecting it um, and making sure it's absolutely perfect and everyone's happy. I think we have the ultimate Petri dish where we've got millions of members that we can, of course, not uh, without uh, care and, and, and thought process first, but we can go out there and try things on. So I think, you know, we were a little afraid to do that at first. And I think one of the lessons learned was just, you know what, let's get it to where we're, we think it's pretty close. You know, maybe we'll just try it in this market or this region, or we'll just try it in this modality with an amp and see how people like it. Um, and so I think that that was that was really important. And I think um, one of the things I probably underestimated, which we the team that runs amp um, has corrected and, and done a great job with, is just you know the, the variety. People always want to try new things. And as much as I happen to be a creature of habit, you know, four forty the alarm goes off, I'm up, I'm out the door. I do the same things all the time, pretty much. But in this day and age, people want to try new things. And so I think um, at first we thought, you know, you know, hey, we can just keep a, a 60, 70, 80, 100 workouts in a digital app or, or we don't need to try this new equipment inside our gym. And I think now we realize, hey, uh, as long as it's carefully curated and controlled and managed and displayed correctly, more can be better. People like the fact that they have options. They like to try new things. And if they don't love that workout, they'll just stop and do another one. 
And so I think that was an important lesson that we learned and then something that we've corrected and that actually has helped drive the engagement and the longevity in some of our, our products and services. Well, that's great. And I think that that one a quote that you, you know, really like is only a person who risks is free. That's sort of the ending Correct. of a quote, right? And yeah. I think that's what you were just saying, right? Just give it a try. And you, right. you just can't, in today's expectation from customers, which you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, whether it's omni-channel or digital or, you know, I'm willing to give you information if I'm going to get a better experience, kind of all the things you've been talking about requires you to take some level of risk. And, right. uh, you know, considering the fact, and I think it may, maybe it's different, I'm making an assumption here, but, you know, maybe it's different with a brand like yours that you have the ability to take a chance. And if it doesn't work, the brand is trusted enough that that your customers, right, will know you will course correct if something isn't correct. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, yep, we absolutely. trust the fact that if something goes wrong, Golds will fix it, you know, that you have this level of, of trust with your uh, members. That's right. And we, we certainly would never want to break that trust and we wouldn't be willy nilly with trying things, but we, we put things through their paces. We get them to, point, to the point where we feel we're pretty comfortable. And then we, we put it out there. And that's the entrepreneur in me from many years ago. And, you know, I um, thankfully have a good team who sometimes will hold me back and go, whoa, 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 hey, how about this? And how about that? And, and, and that helps make sure that we, we mitigate some of the risk and we, and we try things and we, and we, we, either we pivot, fail quickly or, or, and, and change and tweak until it works or we, or we fail and we move on. And uh, I think it's been helpful for us and it will continue to do so. Well, so, you know, as we wrap this up, I'd, I'd love to, to hear, um, you know, when you are in meetings with your executive team, you know, and you're making decisions about some of these investments or bets you're going to do in the future, you know, you've already done it, but let's say you were talking about the app, right? Or you were talking about the box or you were talking about the Fitbit deal. What is something that you always make sure that that executive team keeps in mind when you're kind of sitting at the table to make decisions about where you're going to go for growth next, you know, is it the franchise? Is it another app? Mm -hmm. Is it another partnership? Is it a, you know, what's the sort of decision decision process for you when you're sitting with those executives? Yeah. I mean, we, I run a very collaborative style of a management, you know, obviously, yeah, I'm I the ultimate decision maker. Sure. But if your team's not on board and engaged, and if your team doesn't feel like they're part of the decision-making process and you, and you've already lost them. So we, I like to go through, we like to talk through things and the advice and the things I always ask is I say, guys, whatever decision we're making for the business, please put yourself in the consumer's shoes. We're all consumers in this room. We all buy things. We all consume certain different things. <clears throat> Even if we get our gym memberships for free now, let's, we, all, we all consume. So put yourself in the shoes of the consumer as we make this decision. And how does that make you feel? Yeah, and I think that that's, that's the right question, right? You know, uh, do, you, uh, do you make all your executives uh, actually <laughs> be members and go to the gym? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they do. They go to the gym. We 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 try. We do group workouts together. Um, we have um, a day in the life where our SVP of operations will take most of our new employees at the corporate support center and take them to the gym for the day. They'll work the front desk. They'll work the counter. They we do give them that experience. We we can't live in a bubble here. We make sure we do that, and we make sure that we think about that, not just from a gym consumer, but just a, just a consumer in general. How does this make you feel? Do you feel good about this? Do you feel good about the price value of what we're doing here? And as we look at things like growth, I mean, you know, it's no secret. Our growth here is through franchising. That's what our focus is. And so we make decisions every day thinking about how does this affect current and future franchisees as well. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that this has just been so much fun to have you on the show because, I, you know, there are, especially in your category, uh, once again, you know, in, in full transparency, I'm bullish on the brand. Uh, and, um, 
you know, I, I used to be a trainer there and I, you know, worked out there for, God, I don't know, 15 years now. Now I don't, but <laughs> that's because I just travel too much and I have to work out at home uh, most of the time. Yeah, sure. But, but, you know, I, I feel like I should get the, get the uh, app because then maybe that'll make me feel, you know, and pull me back, but I'm, I'm too far from the Venice one at this point, but you know, no, it's really been a pleasure, Adam, having you on the show. Is there, you know, any way that, that people can keep in touch with you and hear what's going on, uh, you know, with not only yourself, but with the business, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate the questioning. And sure, certainly find me on Twitter. It's uh, at Adam Zeit, Adam Z-E-I-T. And I'd love to stay in touch with folks and really engage with our, our current and future members and the community as well. I really enjoy it. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for joining us today on the What's Next podcast. Thanks, Tiffany. What a great conversation with Adam, all about making you strong both personally and professionally. Such a great conversation about an iconic brand of how they've been able to protect the brand over 50 years, extend into many new countries, looking to increase the locations all through being digitally savvy, extending the product catalog, but more importantly, being true to who they are. The CEO gets up every day at 4.30 in the morning and goes and works out five days a week. feel like that needs to be my New Year's resolution, so I'm going to go after that right away. So I hope you enjoyed this event of What's Next Podcast with Adam and myself. Thank you for listening in. Please subscribe, leave some feedback, leave some comments. Look forward to having you on the next one.